Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CrossGen Podcast. Uh, I am Walt, and I am joined here by my two sons and my co-hosts. Guys, introduce yourselves. Eli. Well, according to Zencaster, this time I am Prita Rikard. Wait for Got it. Pr- yeah. what's your name, Prita Rikard. Yeah, we're using Zencaster to to film our video, and um, AJ is uh, is what is that? Half Elden Ring, half Roman Empire, or something no, like that. That's how he's referred to in the game, Prita Rikard. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Pride of right. That's him. We will devour the gods together. And he, he was a tough. He was a tough thing. boss battle, wasn't he? Yeah, friggin' It's kind of hard. Bars. He's weird. He's weird as hell. I know. Yeah, he let so a god it, eat him. Huh? He let a god eat him. Really? You don't know his lore? No, I, I never searched up Rikar's lore. I always thought he was just some random bozo. I don't, I don't know. You let a god eat him. No. Yeah, there's really? always stuff on Elden Ring. <laughs> of course, yes. Stupid face. Why would he let a god eat him? <laughs> so he could grow more powerful, which he did. I mean, oh. is that a, a bad trade off? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess. Know. <laughs> you know. Well, it's a good thing that you said that because for all of our listeners, um, on the podcast and for people who are watching on YouTube, uh, we do have a gaming playlist on our channel page. And a lot of the stuff that we've been doing lately has been Elden Ring. We did do a uh, Trek of Yomi, a kind of like a first hour walkthrough. And the same thing we did with um, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's if you guys are interested in gaming, please check out our channel. We've got another what? I think I have three more uh, Elden Ring videos scheduled coming within the next week and a half. So, um, if you want to see some play, play uh, some gameplay with these two beasts, um, definitely check it out. Currently, I'm up to uh, shoot. What am I up to again? Well, you oh, just yeah. finished uh, the Leandel Catacombs. Oh, like, yeah. And you beat um, Godfrey. Eskar. No, you beat Eskar the, the Blood Priest. Oh, the yeah. Priest yeah, of yeah, Blood. Yeah. Before that, yeah. Yeah. You didn't even get to the you didn't even get to the first stage of Moog. Yeah. Wait, Moog? Yeah, yes. there's a Moog variant in Leandel at the bottom. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to fight him. I'm just going to kill Morgoth and get out of there. But anyway, anyway, yeah. anyway. I'm probably going to do a stream also. I'm, I am now currently in the Consecrated Snowfields, and I think what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and do like a, a playthrough through that. Um, probably not the best idea because I'm going to die a lot, but mm-hmm. what the heck, right? Yeah. It'll be interesting. And people people could watch and see where to go and how to get stuff so it's it's definitely a thing and aj has his informal gaming series right where yes. he's taking a character from the informal gaming series it's a brand new character right you started him from like yes. level zero or well, level 10 or whatever it was yeah i'm doing a confessor oh, okay and you're going yeah. through the entire game yes basically. 
more or less yeah i'm mainly focusing on the main bosses and wherever anyone else wants to see like if you're in the chat and you say oh i want to go visit jarberg hey we'll go there <laughs> that's how we do so the the other piece to this um to our fans is that typically we do a a twitch stream before we we transfer it over to youtube so we'll announce that on twitter when those twitch twitch streams happen so if you want to jump on again crossgen has a twitch stream channel so you could check it out and you could check out some of the past videos also there um twitch is weird because they only hold their their um their videos for like a week right yeah or something like that yeah yeah unfortunately yeah, well, it is what it is. But like I said, we we port them over to YouTube, so they'll always be there. So you guys can always check it out. Yep. Right? All right. Um, let's get started because we've got a lot to go through today. I mean, we're going to be talking about CW. We're going to be talking about Xbox, Halo, Infinite, Diablo. And we're going to wrap this, this uh, podcast up with something that Eli is, like, super, super excited about. And not only him, but the music community in general. And that's Kendrick Lamar's new album, which dropped yesterday. Of course, we're recording on Saturday, but it just dropped yesterday. And we've heard it Mm -hmm. to varying degrees, and we need to talk about it. For sure. But let's get started with uh, CW, because CW went through um, a lot of uh, press releases and a a lot of things. A lot of cancellations are happening in CW. Um, you know, sure. the CW, which used to be known as the Arrowverse of TV, right, where mm-hmm. DC, a lot of the DC um, shows were on. Um, Arrow, of course, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, which just is wrapping up its final season. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had, what else was there? Black Lightning, Batwoman. So there, there's a yeah, bunch of DC a characters, um, but they're kind of shying away from it. But one interesting yeah, thing. For good reason. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Flash, I, unbelievably, The Flash, which is probably the worst of the shows, is still on, which is crazy oh to me. Oh, my God. You know? But anyway, and it's funny because Flash started with such promise, right? The first two seasons were actually pretty good, but then it just went downhill. Yeah, that's for um, sure. Anyway. But the CW is also famous for one little show, a little show that lasted 15 seasons, a little show that we're fans of, and a little show that one person here in particular is a super fan of, and that's AJ. AJ, Supernatural is getting a spinoff? Yeah, it's been in talks for a while, but now it looks like CW has officially picked it up. Yes. It's called The Winchesters, which will be oh, a prequel of sorts, heavily starring um, Marion John Winchester, the Winchester brothers, mother and father. Mm-hmm. Why are we going back to them? Well, it is well a, prequel, a lot right? of people, well, yeah, A, it's a prequel. And B, I mean, some people have always been genuinely curious what their relationship was like because you get very conflicting messages in the show. Like, there was one point where they were the picture-perfect happy family, more or less, 
-hmm. there are other iterations where they show like i remember in what was it season five when they first go to heaven through one of dean's memories they show that that relationship wasn't always rock solid that they did have the problems Mm -hmm. and you know you get stuff like that and then you learn more about mary in the later seasons and how maybe not as mom-like as Dean and Sam thought she was. Yes. But kind of was too. So you have all that. Now we're going to get the full picture. Wasn't it Mm -hmm. always interesting that, you know, John was always the one that they showed as being the hunter and stuff like that. But, you know, in some of those flashback episodes that Supernatural did, it almost seemed like the mom was more invested in doing that, right? Oh, she, was, she, she grew up as a hunter. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? So it, it's funny how when Supernatural started, it all seemed like John Winchester was the guy. And then as we moved along through the seasons, we figured out he was the guy behind the girl who was really the hunter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we we have had some episodes where they did flashback to young John and Mary, right? Um, how do you think mm-hmm. that's going to impact the show going forward? You know, is is that going to well, be one of those things where it's like now you have to kind of like fit those episodes into the prequel because otherwise it'll be weird? Well, I mean, yes. Um, I mean, don't take my word for this, but I read that, I don't know. I read somewhere like or something like that, that this is going to be as crazy as the actual Supernatural show, Hmm. which I'm sure is going to include if if we're going to say it's as crazy as a show as the super original Supernatural, that means dying and coming back. That means having your mind wiped. That means maybe losing your soul and becoming soulless for a little bit. Like that's the kind of crazy normal supernatural is. That do you do you think that's John a little bit... dies? John dies a hundred times in an episode. <laughs> oh, God. oh gosh. It was the heat of the moment. <laughs> da, 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 da. One mean, of the that mystery spy. That that was amazing. That was an amazing episode. Mystery Hopefully, spot. well, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but um, who knows, really? Do you think any I mean, of the characters? Really you think any of the characters from Supernatural show up? Oh, for sure. You'll probably Crowley? see Bobby. Do you think Crowley possibly. shows up? Possibly, because. Listen, if we're talking about before the Winchester's period, you can see anyone ranging from, you will definitely see Azazel, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. You can see Crowley eventually, if we're following like the whole, okay, there are flashbacks that have happened, you could see Michael again. Um, Michael. You could also see Bobby. You could also see Rufus. Uh, Ellen. Uh, you can see... Uh, crap ton of people okay so you're basically starting from all the way back before anyone got killed (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right so 
what what do you think about the casting? Because we do have some word on the casting. Um, you've got Meg Donnelly, who's going to be playing Mary Winchester. She was from High School Musical, the musical, the series. No. Okay. And um, you have Drake Roger, who will be playing John West Winchester. Um, and one of his thing is the in between. I don't I don't know who the this what that show is, but okay. Um, I knew they were going to do something like that. First off, first <laughs> off, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge because we live in a world where Matt Pattinson, right? That's his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he's Batman, and he's a pretty darn good Batman. Wait, where did he come from? <laughs> Dude, uh, Pattinson is from uh, what you call it. He's from oh my god, that series that I just I absolutely cringe it? at every Moon, time I Moon? hear it. Oh, is it like Vampire Diaries uh, or something? No, the movies, the the original before that, like what started it all, basically. Was it Moonlight? Um, Moonlight? No, it's no, it it's called something. It's so uh, bad that we, we, we don't even. Remember. God, no. now no, you know well, what? Done. I have to look this up. This is yeah. I'm gonna check it out much. right now. Um, Twilight. There it is. Oh, Twilight. no, yes. no. Why you that's where Batman, Batman for me? No, that's where Batman is from. That's where he came from. No, but he Twilight the world. No, where he is our Batman, Why? and he's a. You good did Batman. not need to tell me that. You didn't need to. Uh, no. So I'm Why not like, gonna judge. Oh I'm not gonna God. judge. But bro, the one thing I am high, disappointed high at, too. though, <laughs> the one yeah. thing I'm a little disappointed at, though, is that we didn't get Matt Cohen back as uh, John. But understandably, we are looking at He's younger old. versions of the character. And sorry, Matt, you 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 you're getting up there, you're getting up there. Yeah, but. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take it right now. Again, I'm not going to judge. I will wait until I see the show. So far, I trust Jensen because Jensen is heavily involved behind the making of this show. That Jensen he, is Dean Winchester. He's also, know. yeah, he's going to be producing the show along with his wife. Um, but he also comes back on the show as the voiceover. He's going to be the narrative voiceover for the series. Yes, so I need to it, hear it's, about that too. Yeah, it, so it it's gonna yeah. be interesting because it's going to be him basically telling the story of his parents, right? Wasn't there the like this whole controversy between uh Jared and Jensen and Jared not coming back or something like that? Yeah, no, that was that was a stupid miscommunication thing that mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, Jared kind of blew up without even first you know, like getting the story straight, like, but that's all that's in the past. Now they, they made up and all that, that, but that was, that was just, uh, that was wild when it happened. Well, are you excited for the, for the show? I'm excited to a fault. And here's why I'm going to say to a fault. I loved the show. Don't get me wrong. But once you get to the season 12 arena, that's where, I, in my humble opinion, the creative storytelling began to dip. 
down well, there, into fathomless abyss, abysses. There are some fans that that actually use what is it, season five or six, as the point where supernatural stopped being as good as supernatural. That's what I would yeah, say. Right? That's what a lot of people would say, and it's yeah. agreeable and it's understandable because that's also around the time. Because Kripke started the show, Eric Kripke, same guy right. who's now doing uh, The Boys mm-hmm. on, what is it, Amazon Prime? Oh, yeah, yes. The Boys. Yeah. yeah. So he started the show, and he had a very specific vision for the show. And 5 was actually supposed to be where it ended. Like, he didn't have any kind of vision for anything past season 5. That was supposed to be his end. But then the guys were like, you know, this is really popular. We really shouldn't let this go. And he's like, okay, but you're going to have to do it without me. There's something to that effect. I don't know, like, the whole story. But suffice it to say, he left the project after season five. Mm-hmm. Of course, he went in and consulted every now and again. But he was more or less, you know, after season five, that was it. And right. you can tell. Yeah. Can tell. There is a difference. There is a difference. I mean, it it does get better after a while. But you can tell there's a creative decline after that fifth season. Unfortunately. You know, so, but they, they kind of got back on their feet, right? Yeah. They're, they have their highs and their lows, but yes, 12 and after was so low. <laughs> but yeah. listen, 15 they had some seasons, interesting concepts. Yeah, but I know they did. So low, especially 15. Dear God. Well, 15 seasons, you'll definitely have like a roller coaster, right? Some seasons will be better than others. So, yeah, that's true. All right. So, that's going to be the Winchesters on CW. Um, I don't know if there's a, a, a release date for it yet, but it's not only is it green light for the pilot, it's green light for an entire season. So, um, once we have more news on it, we'll we'll definitely come back and talk about it. Wait, so are we um, going to see the Men of Letters? That I would imagine, right? On see, here's the thing. Um, again, if we're following the supernatural history of how things go, you might not actually really be seeing them because oh, really? if you remember back in what the 1950s or the 1920s something like that Mm -hmm. oh papa winchester henry winchester uh during his coronation the american chapter of the men of letters was completely wiped off the planet by abaddon Mm. so you will not see the american chapter of the men of letters at all i guarantee you I would but, imagine though they would they would mention it, right? In some effect. I see, cause here's the thing. By the time you get to the British men of letters, it's very clear they had next to no involvement. Ab no, none at all in America before that season in season what, thirteen or fourteen? Yeah, thirteen. Something like that. So like again, it's very slim chances. They'll obviously probably reference it like, oh, you're a what did Henry call it? You're a legacy. They'll probably make a mention of that. But as far as actually seeing like the meta letters there, I I doubt it. I doubt it. Damn, that sucks. All right. Just hoping to see the meta letters. Well, we may or we may not. So uh, we'll find out when the series uh, premiere actually drops and we get, you know, through an entire season. Um, let's let's move on. 
And e, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this to you because you know Microsoft is, and they they've been they've been saying they've been wanting to do this for a, quite a while, right? Yeah. But Microsoft is again planning on launching an Xbox streaming stick. Hmm. So instead of getting a full console, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, you're going to have this little itty bitty USB stick that you can plug in anywhere. So technically, Xbox becomes mobile at this point because if you're on vacation, bring the stick, bring a couple of controllers, and when you're at the hotel, just plug the thing in and you're playing games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, is that something that you find exciting that you ha- can have a portable? xbox in your pocket and just plug it into a tv and whatnot i mean i guess it's sort of interesting um i mean if you're like on vacation like you said you could just plug it in so i guess that would make things a lot easier instead of like having to go through like the whole process because i know there are like a bunch of apps that you have to connect it but the connection isn't that good so i guess this will be like the better version i'd really need to just see it in action because you never know well, think of it this way. Um, it would probably work much like Game Pass Ultimate does, mm-hmm. where you'll have you'll have the library of games, but more importantly, um, it'll be the cloud service games. Mm-hmm. So like you know how um, we played Microsoft Flight Simulator? We have an Xbox One. That is an Xbox Series X game, but because of the fact that Game Pass Ultimate has cloud games where you can stream them off the the internet. We were able to play it. Hmm. So the Xbox streaming stick, it kind of shows where Xbox is going because they're, they're kind of walking away from the console and having games downloaded onto your system to almost like a Netflix type of service where you just plug in the stick look for the game that you want and you stream it onto your onto wherever you are. So how about that? I mean it's it's okay. It's okay in my opinion. I don't I don't see it like being a huge a huge thing to me, but honestly, uh I mean I guess it would make gaming a lot more easier and much more efficient. Um, especially especially for like Xbox gamers. Here's the thing though um that sounds largely dependent also on how good your computer is yeah well it, like not what do you mean like don't you have to have a pretty decent computer in order to run games like that oh no because it's the computer's on the stick oh okay that all the make- hardware, all the hardware that you need is on the stick. So and you're so telling me that's all you literally is- a walking console. Like yes. literally. That's exactly what that is. It's so why a, do you need to buy an Xbox at that point? But that's the point. I think it's it's showing the wow. change that they're doing from console gaming and actually building hardware for this to a streaming service where all you got to do is just take the stick, plug it into your TV or your laptop, and just play the games that way. That is quite an interesting fact. Mm. Not gonna and lie. It, okay, and that sounds kinda, a lot more interesting now. Yeah, and you've kind of seen seen it in their strategy already because you know Xbox 
the Game Pass Ultimate is not only for just the console, but it's also for the PC as well. And you can play those games concurrently. So, like, let's say you have an Xbox Game Pass, right? But you want to go play on your computer. You can play those games on the computer, you know? Mm. Um, So it's, it's almost, it's a step away from having to build these beefy consoles and instead having some architecture where all you have to do is plug it in and all of the the hard work is done in the cloud. Now, I just have another question. This is going to be my last question. I have a MacBook Pro. I don't see a USB port. Are they going to do something about that? Well, you'd have to do what we do. Um, you'd have to get a dongle uh, to plug it in. So for the Mac, for the Mac, and Mac has always been problematic because the Xbox really is focused on, well, of course, Microsoft Windows, right? So yeah. a lot of the stuff that they do is is really based toward Windows. The people who are on Macs are kind of like um, screwed. <laughs> not screwed. I mean, there's there's workarounds, like like I said, but okay. So then, um, inconvenienced. Yes, inconvenienced. Exactly. So, but Mac, you, MacBook users have always been that way because most of the games were always, excuse me, for Windows. Windows, yeah. And PCs, you know. Very few games were ever made for Mac. It's, it's starting to change a lot in recent years. But if you go back to the early days of gaming and you had a Mac, you can play anything because everything was for the PC. Mm. So you know, there's there's going to be changes, and I'm pretty sure that they're not gonna they're not gonna exclude, you know, the Apple users because Apple users are a big big contingent. You know, there's a lot of people that have iPhones and iPads and MacBooks. For them to kind of ignore them would be kind of dumb on their part, to be frank, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I'm sure. pretty sure there's they're going to find a way to to get those people involved also. But like I said, console in your pocket. Yeah, that sounds sounds very alluring now. Yeah. Now that you kind of clarified that bit about the major hardware actually being in that tiny rinky-dink thing. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of like... Kind of makes the console seem really inefficient because you you look at that big old thing and now you're just kind of... Exactly. Massively shrinking it, like, <laughs> and just think yeah. of the 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 manufacturing cost that it, it takes to make a console that big, right? If you can just use the the stick and have all the computing done on the cloud, that's probably going to save Microsoft a lot of money in the long run, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just think of it this way: Remember how when we went on vacation, I took the Fire Stick? Yes. Oh uh, yeah. That's basically what it is. Instead, so instead, when we go on vacation and take the fire stick, maybe I bring two sticks a fire stick and an Xbox stick. Hmm. And do you know when this releases? Well, um, again, these are just rumors, but you know, the analysts, the analysts, because they've been rumor, they've been this, these rumors have existed for a long time now. But the analyst that um, was speaking on that. He's pretty knowledgeable with the inner workings of Microsoft, and he believes that maybe in the next year we may see something. So, Yo. you know, um, that bears to be seen. But that's an interesting little thing, right? Very interesting. 
so now let's talk about another interesting thing that has to deal with Xbox and Microsoft, and that's oh, Halo God. Infinite. Halo. Oh, um, Halo God. Infinite has had... <sighs> it's almost starting to feel like cyberpunk in a sense, right? Because... Yeah. Because the release of Cyberpunk was so botched. And mm. while, yeah. while a lot of the stuff with Halo doesn't have to deal with the type of things that plagued Cyberpunk, we're still getting the same sense that the game that we got when it was released about a year ago um, is not wasn't finished. the game that everybody was expecting and season two just dropped and halo has already acknowledged that they botched the season two release and i mean a three four three industries has they've already acknowledged that they've botched that also so i mean what is going on with halo infinite (laughs) they they literally said that what's going on yeah they did What's going on is that they're trying so hard to get content out there and trying to make it modern that they're really doing a disservice to their own content. Like, literally, when we were watching that trailer for season two of Halo Infinite, Mm -hmm. tell me not, Eli, you saw more or less a copy-paste from Fortnite, did you not? I mean, from... Not really, okay, not even just from Fortnite. It's really just from any um, new modern console. Uh, any shooter. battle royal type Any battle thing, royal right? type thing, yeah. So, But either way, yeah, it's basically uh, another Call of Duty, another Fortnite, whatever. I don't like that. Halo used to be unique. It is not unique anymore. It, it really isn't. Like, we... And other Halo fans can attest to this. We had a thing that worked. Maybe not everyone liked it, but it worked. Hmm. Especially where multiplayer was concerned. Now you're going and adding all this stupid freaking loot crate systems and I don't like the pass. Do you know do you know for season two? They're, they added so much to the ba- their battle pass on season two that literally the release notes has uh, a table of content. Mm. I mean, and let me guess nothing, absolutely nothing to show for Forge and nothing to show for cooperative story mode campaign. We may not get that this year. See, we may not get that that's, at all. That's their <laughs> problem. That is their problem. Honestly, that is um, a huge problem. They're just they're just trying to get money. Um, that's it. Yeah, that, they're just marketing at this point. I mean, this like you have the past. They're putting they're putting all their effort into the past, which I can guarantee you nobody is gonna buy. Um, it's into literally the past. what past. They're not. They're not investing in the past. No, I'm talking about past. Oh, past. Sorry. Sorry. Yes, I pass. misheard. The the season pass. Like they're investing all of all of their coding and whatever what whatnot, right? Into just the past. So 
you're basically just getting customizable skins and stuff from the past. It's really not worth it. So they're not really, I don't know how to say it. They're not focusing on content content. They just well, want to guess. Let, let's look at what season two, what the season two update brings. Um, and, and just, this is an overview, right? But one yeah. of the things that they do bring is that last Spartan standing, which is that battle Royale thing that we yeah. saw where, just like in Fortnite, you have the, the circle that gets smaller and smaller and smaller until literally one man is standing, right? Mm-hmm. You have the King of the Hill. You have the Return of Attrition. Is that a, is that a gameplay, that a game type that you guys are familiar with? I don't know. I am not familiar said. with that, no. Well, apparently it was there during the winter. Then they took it out, and now okay. they brought it back in. Um, okay. You have right. a bunch of variants for Slayer. And they added Layer. maps. They added how many? How many? Two. Yeah. See, you saw you you thought that was more than one map. It's not. It's just two. Two maps. Not four. Not five. Not even three. Two. Now I will say this though. Um, a lot of people oh are loving the new maps. Okay. So no, at maps, least at least you got that right. They the look good. Definitely look they interesting. Look good. But it's only. But it's two. only two. Exactly. And, and two. I know. The other thing is that they've added some cool background music. Wow, that's crazy. Some cosmetic changes. No way. Okay, so they've they've kind of helped. Uh, they kind of cleaned up the graphics. Now here, let's talk about the things that went wrong because there's a lot of them, <laughs> and the criticism from the internet and the fans. Was fast and furious, right? I thought we were already talking about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Those were the things that they added in. Now oh. we're gonna think, we're gonna talk about the things that they broke. Okay. So first of oh, all, shoot. here we go. This is where it gets interesting. <laughs> oh so yeah. remember how I told you um, off before we started this this podcast, right? That last Spartan Standing had challenges, right? Yeah, and and some of the challenges, some of the challenges included, and this was crazy to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that you had to kill twenty five players by hitting them in the back of the head by using melee, right? In that's one, one match? of the challenges. In one yes, match. in one match. That's in that's one. one, one of the, oh well, no, <laughs> maybe, maybe a, a tra- Maybe it's over over the time that you play it, over the time oh, yeah. of the season, right? Mm-hmm. But that's that's yeah, something right. that you had to do. Now, think about that, right? Because you're playing a fast-paced, run-and-gun type game. Who in the world is going to sneak up on somebody and tap them in the back of the head to kill them? Well, that's that's like regular Call of Duty and Fortnite. Um, no, 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 but it's specific. You have to hit them in the back of the head. You can't kill I know. them just from the back. That's right. like regular Fortnite, uh, Call of Duty uh, challenges that you have to do to progress in the past. Okay. To do that. Again, this is not Fortnite, and this is not Call of Duty. This is but a that's not the problem. Game. But that's nah, not the problem. I don't think because that the challenge. But anyway, but that's not the problem because the challenges, right, are 25. pretty weird to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. They broke the tracking system. What is? So you literally could get the 25 kills, but guess what? They didn't track them correctly. So all that hard work that you did, poof, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine every single round you just have people doing that to each other. <laughs> That's funny. So, like, don't even use gun had... guys. Let's just do back to the heads. <laughs> you literally so had people complaining that they finished the achievement, they finished the challenge, but their accounts weren't showing that. So they did all of that basically for nothing. Okay. There's that. Um, jumps. There were there are certain jumps that you can do in the game. They took them out. Oh, cool. They they removed several speed running exploits. So um, uh, you can't you, you can't do any of that stuff. And and this is two of the biggest things, right? They they nerfed a bunch of guns. Oh uh, boy. But gets better. Some of the guns, some of the guns jammed up without warning. So you're in the middle of a match, and it jams. They added jamming. It's unintentional. Oh. It was a mistake. Wait, so they unintentionally added no. a whole new mechanic. That's funny. No. This is this is this, Halo. This is why this is why I have not played Halo Infinite since I completed the campaign. Every this single online exactly match why. is just every single online match is just going to be chaos. <laughs> you have people <laughs> hitting each other in the back of their heads. Uh, guns that won't even work. Oh my god! So here, here's what Halo senior <laughs> community manager John Junsek said on Twitter: um, We've seen the feedback around changes that impacted various multiplayer jumps and campaign speedrun strategies. We're not at the point where we can promise anything yet, but we want to be transparent and say that we're taking the feedback seriously and reviewing options eternally. So um, there's that. Now, next week, supposedly, because of all the, 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 you know, the pushback, um, challenges related to Last Spartan Standing is going to be easier. Uh, for every one that you complete, you'll earn two levels on the event-specific interference battle pass, which is active until May 16th. And as a gesture of goodwill, 343 Industries is handing out five challenge swap swaps, which are single-item use, sing single-use items that allow you to swipe out, swap out one of your weekend ch weekly challenges. Um, and you're going to get XP boosts. So, I mean... Halo is power right now. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I just have to... I, I've given up on Halo Infinite at this point. I'm, I'm just... I'm not even going to lie to myself anymore. I was no trying to give it the benefit of the doubt with the campaign. But with all this other stuff, I'm sorry. I can't keep giving it the benefit of the doubt anymore. How many, how many months... How how long has it been since release? Please remind me. I think it was October, wasn't it? Didn't it come out in October? Of 2021 or, like or 2022? Oh, no, of 2021. It had to be. Yeah, 2021. I think it was October that it came out. It's nearly a year now. Nearly. We're getting close. And they have not... They have only continued to muck it up. So let me ask you this question, guys. Um, knowing what we know about what happened with Halo Infinite so far up until now and all the things that it's trying to do, all the things that it 
hasn't done yet. Do you think they would have been better served just scrapping the release altogether and waiting until they had a more complete game to release? Yeah. Yes. By and far, yes. You you look at the stuff where season two, and it's it's kind of like what Eli said before. They're putting all these resources into creating these battle passes and these seasons, right? Trying to monetize Halo in in, in essence, right? Mm-hmm. There's we still don't have any semblance of when Forge and multiplayer, you know, co-op season co-op is coming. They're just trying to be the new Fortnite. That's it. They're just trying to be Fortnite. They're just trying to be Call of Duty. They're not trying to be original. And it's frustrating because we've gotten better games in the past. Even Halo 4, which not a lot of people like that much, was good. Halo 5, if you really don't like the campaign, there are people who absolutely loved the multiplayer. What are they doing? What are they doing? I am. St- I. Oh my I gotta gosh. say. Sorry, I'm sorry. Them, it was in uh, October. It was December that it launched. So. Okay. Sorry about that. Ha- ha- half a month. I mean, not half a month. Half. It's been nearly half a year or half a year already. But I'm sorry. I I can't with Halo Infinite at this point. I I can't. Well, I gotta say, somehow you you guys with the. The whole craziness with online. Somehow, I want to start playing it again. <laughs> what? So during the during our match, your gun can jam, and I can just kill you easier. Yes, I want to play this unplayable, absolute, absolute hell that's online. Honestly, this thing—it's entertaining. That's what it is. That it definitely would be. That it definitely would be. You know, yeah. I I would pay money to watch. Um, Eli running around and then on the cusp of about to blow away AJ, his gun jams. <laughs> oh my god. I yeah. can just see controllers flying through the air at that point. <laughs> ah! That's funny though. All right. Um, so that that's Halo Infinite and um, hopefully 343 gets their act together um, because they're this close to destroying Halo. That's for sure. It's not even to mention the show. Yeah, we haven't oh, even the show is horrible. We won't even talk about the show. So No, we will yeah. not. But that just bears mentioning how much they are really not it this year. Mm. Right. All right. Two weeks from now. Uh something that's we had a little bit of contention before we got on the podcast when we were doing our research for the show. Diablo Immortal is coming out for iOS and PC. Um, We've seen the trailer. We've Mm -hmm. seen the announcement that now the PC users are getting a kind of a brand new game. Console guys are out in the, out in the, the wilderness with this because they're not getting anything. But it is coming to iOS. Um, We've seen some gameplay. And we have seen some gameplay. Uh, Like I said, there was some contention prior to this, prior to us recording on this. Why don't we talk about Diablo Immortal? Um, AJ, I don't know what your take on it is. 
Eli, I'm pretty sure I know what your take on it is, right? Yeah, you do. But why don't you let our listeners know what you guys think about this announcement, that we're finally getting a brand new Diablo game, but it's coming to mobile and PC. Well, one thing I'm going to say, if you're going to polish it for PC so that it's practically the next installment in Diablo, they really should have just done it for console, too. Like. That 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 seems type messed up, like as someone who does console, mobile. Uh, see, here's the thing. Like, I get where Eli's coming from. Like, if you have the the whole console, and it's like, I'm not gonna say it's a billion times better, but at least for me, there is some what of a difference between even just watching the gameplay of the mobile versus the console. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, okay, why don't I just keep playing Diablo 3? But at the same time, as a person who is invested in the story of what ha- what the hell happened between Diablo 2 and 3, because there is not only a massive time jump, there's also a massive birth of story that we just don't know about that's happened between these the between those two games yeah, like right. i need to know <laughs> so i guess i will be playing diablo immortal mobile but if it were me i would have just given this game the pc treatment and just given it to the consoles the same way too because like again that's kind of messed up. Just saying. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of like a, a like you were saying, it kind of sucks because originally this was supposed to be a solely mobile game. Mm. And the announcement just came recently that that they said, hey, guys, guess what? Not only are we doing mobile, but we're porting it over to the PC. So it's like you said, if you're doing PC, why not go the whole the whole nine yards and go to the consoles also? I'm there's been a lot of talk, right? Um, with when is the next Diablo gonna come out? Well, Diablo I mean, man. I mean, I think it's just a matter of time before we get it uh, ported over to console. I don't think they're necessarily leaving them out. I think they're just waiting for uh, you know, I, I don't know what they're waiting for. Maybe they're still in the process of trying to figure out how to port it over because, you know, porting is difficult and it takes a lot of time. It's, it's a whole process, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe they're just waiting for them to at least get some part of it done. If, if you understand what I'm trying to say, but well, I have a feeling that they're not going to leave out console like that. Well, the, the thing about it is this, is that, um, the, while they were working on Diab- Diablo Immortal, they're also working on Diablo 4. So, you know, again, going back to what you had said earlier before with Halo Infinite, are, are you really going to put in resources to port over a console while you're actively working on the, br- the brand new next iteration of Diablo? You know, well, it's that, the same thing. It seems like you're kind of like splitting your resources. Well, yeah, that's you what know. you're going to have to do. I mean, it's not like Diablo 4 is going to only come out for console, right? It's going to go to PC, 
uh, is going to eventually go to PC. So they're going to have to port it over. It's the same process here. Okay. So Diablo Immortal takes place five years after the events of Diablo 2. So, yeah. you know, you have a definite timeline there. Um, and it deals with the recent destruction of the World Stone, causing oh. the realm of Sanctuary to face a new, new demonic threat. threat. So it's not somebody that we've seen before. Um, it's somebody that's built specifically for this game. Hmm. Um, and so there, there's that. Are, is there any chance, Eli, that you might get excited for this game? No, not at all. Um, I don't really care about the story. Uh, no, I don't care about the story at all. Um, I'm just there to... You know, it's more of a party game for me. I just play with you guys, of course. So if it's mobile, most of my time is in school, right? And I don't see my friends downloading it. So honestly, it's just an online game that's grindy as hell. And for me, at least, it's not going to be worth playing. I'm just, if anything, I might pre-order it, download it. But it's the type of game that's just gonna, it's just going to sit on my phone. Just gonna take up storage. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Um, the thing that I that I find fascinating about it is that it is basically Diablo three on your phone, which which I find f totally fascinating because um, just looking at some recent releases, and you had mentioned this before, Skyrim is on the phone, but it has nothing to do with the gameplay. Or the game style that the actual Skyrim game has. It's clearly a mobile game. This, however, is very much Diablo three in your pocket. You know, uh, yeah. it it it's it plays the same. It looks like it's going to be as big as the the other game and stuff. So I, you know, I'm always looking at it and saying, "Wow, this is this is a pretty good achievement." You know, to have a game like this on your phone. And yeah. available to you at all times. So, you know, mm. that's what I, I, I don't at. know. It's really, for me, it's just a copy and paste. So there's no real appeal to it. Um, for that, like, just play Diablo 3. I don't know. Especially with this new Xbox, uh, Xbox Fire Stick, whatever, coming out. I mean, it's really just, what's the point? Except for yeah. the story. That's it. Okay. So uh, Diablo Immortal is coming out June 2nd of mm -hmm. 2022. So um, if you guys are interested, you can find it at your mobile app stores, and it will be available on PC as well. Hmm. Um, so that takes care of that. And now we're going to jump into the meaty part of this podcast. Um, Kendrick Mar Lamar. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar. K-Dot, Oklahoma. So now there was there was a lot of um, buzz surrounding mm -hmm. this album because this is going to be basically his last album on the record label that I'm he's on. Sure, I'm pretty sure. And, I also heard it was just like his last album in general, or maybe I, I will never be believe that. I will never. But believe it that. could be. It could but right be, now, yeah. yeah, it could be. But right now, they're they're making a lot of, and you know, a lot of it, a lot of that rumor is kind of confirmed within the songs itself but mm. we're gonna get into that later we'll into but that. before he did um he dropped the video which interestingly mm -hmm. the song on the video is not 
on the album. Yeah. And this is something that Kendrick Lamar does, you know, before he drops anything or anything like that. You know, this is the fifth part of the Heart series for. Yeah. So this is Heart Part Five. And I got to say, it's a very, very interesting video because not only of what he says on the video, but the visuals visuals, is crazy because. In this video, he uses deep fake, and it's scary good how that how well that deep fake technology is, right? Mm-hmm. Because he not only plays himself and not only raps as himself, but he also raps, you know, as I think five or six different characters, yeah. right? Yeah. So let, oh. let's talk a little bit about that because, like I said, I, I find that like super fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, what do you think about the song? I mean, the song itself is just crazy. Um, like the the song mainly talks about you know the the struggles of of the black community and etc. and what uh, people have had to go through, such as like what I mean the song the song itself is just obviously would be a goaded song because it's Kendrick and Kendrick with his you know his storytelling abilities and his his just you know his rapping his rapping talent. Would of course um, manage to make the song just amazing. Um, so the song is just amazing in itself, and I love. It's actually really catchy too. Like I love the chorus and everything about the chorus. The chorus is mm-hmm. just amazing, top tier. But um, yeah, the song is really, really good. Um, definitely. I mean, it's already been stated. Kendrick is a lyricist, and it clearly shows in this in this single. AJ, what you? What, AJ, what did you think about the? Well, I only got to track. S- I only got to see slash hear it once. Um, I mean, I liked it. Um, I know we're not going into the video part of that, but I think that was the most interesting thing yeah. about it. Well, um, let's let's get into that because that one, um, it was he directed the uh, the video along with Kendrick Lamar did, along with uh, another guy called. Uh, Dave Free, I think is his name. Yeah, mm. Dave Free, and the the deep fake work that was on that video is by um, Deep Voodoo, Deep Voodoo, right? Deep and Voodoo. like I said, it is amazing because you know the characters, the the people that are on there. It's Will Smith, it's OJ Simpson, it's Kobe Bryant, it's Nipsey Hussle, mm-hmm. uh, Kanye West, and Jussie Smollett. And the way that the timing of the appearances in the the video kind of reflects the message that Kendrick is trying to say along with that video, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. like who's the first person that we see? I think the first person that we OJ. see is OJ, right? OJ, mm-hmm. yeah. And and so you know there is there is that message that he's saying where it's the glorification of violence and stuff right mm-hmm. and at the very end of the the video is when we see kobe bryant and nipsey hustle right yeah and the the message that he's saying is that you know we've we've gotten into you know kanye west and and jesse smollett you know the glorification of violence the need to be in the spotlight, to do whatever it is, to stay in the spotlight, right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost yeah. like the the video and himself, while he's rapping as these these 
these people, right? Mm -hmm. That it almost feels hopeless. But then Kobe and Nipsey show up and then that hope is is reaffirmed again. And you know, to him there's there's light that we can change as as people and we can change as artists, right? And we can yeah. change and not have to rely on all of the negativity that kind of surrounds it. So I found it interesting not only the way that they put the deep fakes in, but the meaning behind it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. So the deep fakes, I mean, they were pretty spot on though, right? Yeah. yeah. The deep fakes were crazy. But like, uh, like the first time he, the first time he changed he morphed into OJ Simpson. Wasn't that it, he was he just goes just, boom, right? Yeah. It was and then all so of a sudden funny. it happens. It's like a perfect like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, especially AJ, because AJ, I don't think you knew about the deep fakes beforehand, nope, right? I did not. So what was that like seeing that for the first time and seeing those changes happen? And it's like, whoa, where'd he come from? <laughs> like me, I was just like, okay, this is a pretty interesting rap video. Uh I wonder what's gonna oh wow, okay. Yeah. So we're mighty morphin. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, it was definitely interesting for sure. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it was, I'm not going to say it was jarring, but it definitely took me by surprise that that was going to be a thing that was happening. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And what did, what did you think about the fact that, you know, the lyrics were kind of like, like tailored to the, yeah. the characters that he was resembling in the video? I mean, I like that. Uh, it really gives it a much deeper, you know. It really, it really speaks to something deeper. Um, that that's something I can appreciate as someone who likes lyrics. You know, you know what I'm always talking about. I like how what storytelling in in the songs that I that I listen to. Mm -hmm. um, I'll definitely need to go over and look at it again so that I can have a deep a much much deeper understanding like you know because i, I kind of i like to kind of dissect it where yeah, i can it's kendrick's music is definitely um it's definitely um you know something to be dissected it's more of it's not something you just vibe to you have to understand the lyrics right you have to get into the deeper meaning and this is something that i was i was commenting with aj afterwards um kendrick has a tendency of of rapping very very quickly and sometimes yeah. the message can be yeah. lost you know and w one of the one of the things is that you really have to listen to his songs a couple of times to really get a deep understanding of of you know his lyrics and the storytelling that he's trying to do in these songs right mm -hmm. that's for sure all right so let's let's talk about the actual album because the actual album is all over the place. I mean, it came oh, yeah. out May 18th, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Just yesterday. The, yeah. The the name of the album is Mr. Morale and the Big, the Steppers. Big Steppers. And it's a double album. So uh, side A is Mr. Morale. Side B is the Big Steppers. And mm -hmm. they're very tonally different, you know, in that sense, right? Yeah. Um, mm. But, you know, the thing about it, his last album was name titled damn and that came out what 2017 2018 yeah so it's yeah. been a good 
I want to say five years, five years since we've heard anything on this scope from Kendrick, right? You even said um, it, 1,855 days or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you mentioned that in United in Grief. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So, um, but every single album pretty much to a, to a man has been a, a critical success, right? For sure. Um, I mean, he's he's won how many Grammys, right? I think it's a, a total of what is it, nineteen or or something like that. True go, maybe even more. Uh, triple platinum. Uh, he won a Pulitzer wow. Prize. He won a Pulitzer Prize for um, you know his his music. So. Hey. Kendrick Kendrick is kind of a big deal, right? Yeah, definitely for sure. So talk talk about this talk about this album. Um what what you guys think about it? Well, I got to listen to pretty much all of it minus two songs. Um Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Um two tracks that I liked a lot were I think it was called Savior and Savior. Purple Hearts. I think, I think Savior those were two that I really vibed to. Yeah, Savior mm -hmm. has Keem, I'm pretty sure, or Kodak. No, I think it was yeah. Keem. Keem's on that track. But Savior um, is yeah. interesting, and Savior is, is a thing that AJ didn't realize, but he kind of calls out Kyrie. Yeah, he does. And I appreciate it that Yo. much more now. I really you know. do. He he kind of called out Kyrie Irving in one of his tracks, and um, Kyrie was able to respond to that, and he was like, "Well, he didn't find anything <laughs> wrong with it. Nothing um, wrong. I don't know, man. I mean, that was pretty specific what he said about Kyrie on that track. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's not like for he... the people for the people who don't know who Kyrie, Kyrie is, the guy is. that we we're talking about. We're talking about Kyrie Irving, Irving, the star point guard for the Brooklyn Nets, right? Yeah. So, AJ, you were saying? So, one thing I will say, I mean, it's not like he went and up and called him a clown or oh. something like that, but, I mean, you could definitely see his actions as clown-like, but, I mean, if he really wants to take it that way, so be it, but, like, still... I, I don't know, man. You, you gotta. <laughs> so, yeah. for for the people who are probably not in in New York, and for the people who don't follow basketball, um, Kyrie okay. Irving has kind of been a, a controversial figure here in New York um, because of his refusal to take the the COVID nineteen vaccine, mm -hmm. um, and to the point where. Uh, initially, when it was mandated in New York, if you're going to work, you had to you had to take the vaccine. Take the um, he stopped playing for the Nets. He could not play. Uh, and eventually, what happened was it, the rest of the country kind of relaxed those restrictions, but not New York. So then, eventually, the Nets decided, okay, we're going to bring you back, but you can only play away games when you have to come back to New York to play, you can't be in the building, right? Mm, yeah. And this persisted for almost the entire year. And, you know, you can, you can say what you want, whether that hindered the Nets 
basketball championship uh, aspirations. Uh, they were kicked out in the first round. Uh, they were actually swept in the first round by Boston. So they lost all four of the games that they played in the playoffs. And, you know, a lot of the criticism surrounding Kyrie, first of all, was that, you know, he didn't, quote, unquote, take one for the team. You know, um, a lot of people were saying, you know, he he should have taken the vaccine because, you know, it was hurting his team. You know, they they never got a good footing, so to speak. And um, but then there are other. Yeah. But then there are other people that say, you know, his 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 right, his his body, he can do whatever the heck he wants. Right. The problem, the problem with um, the problem with Kyrie, though, is that, you know, he he when he took his stand, you know, he said, well, I'm not taking the vaccine because I don't trust it. But every, anybody else can take it. Right. But he went a step further and he said, well, I'm going to be the voice of the voiceless. Uh, and then he okay. disappeared for three months. And then he disappeared. Oh, wow. So, you know, it, it, it's there, you know, a, a lot of and listen, this is not the first time that Kyrie's done this. He's 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 he walked away last year because of, you know, the the Black Lives Matter, you know, uh, protests and, you know, the, the situation surrounding, um, you know, the Floyd murder. Right. Mm. And he walked away from the team then because he said he couldn't. He couldn't focus because it was too much on his mind. And, you know, previously in other places, you know, he's he's kind of wore out his welcome. So Kyrie is kind of a controversial um, person. Yeah, he's a kind of controversial person. He is here. So going back to the Kendrick thing, right? Yeah, going back. Right. Uh, and, and again, I just wanted to let everybody know exactly what's going on with Kyrie. But yeah. this is the lyric and savior that. I, I pointed out to AJ. Um, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna read read it off here. Seen a Christian say the vaccine mark of the beast. Then he caught COVID and prayed to Pfizer for relief. Then I caught COVID and started to question Kyrie, will I stay organic or hurt in this bed for two weeks? Now the organic thing meaning saying that that has to do with Kyrie saying that he's not going to take the vaccine in current form, but yes. if they make a plant-based vaccine, then he would consider it. <laughs> that because is not... he's, all about, he's all about his you know, body and all that stuff. So that's the reference of will I say organic? Because that is... that's what Kyrie is doing. That is not how vaccines work. Yeah. Well, believe not... it or not, they are, they are working on a plant-based, plant-based vaccine. Oh. I don't know how far along it is, but it, it, there is something to that, right? But that's that's the thing that Kyrie was hanging his hat on. But going back to the the lyric, right? I don't know, man. It sounds like he's kind of he. Maybe he's not straight up dissing Kyrie. No. But at the same time, he's saying, "Dude, I don't really, I don't really understand what you're doing here, right?" He's just calling him out, basically. <laughs> But yeah. according according to Kyrie, he's good with it, and and Kyrie has has said, you know what, his album is fire. I guess you got to speak truth, right? Yeah. But but there's that, you know what I'm saying? 
Um, so you have so Savior is one of your Savior your favorites, right? Um, what about you, Eli? Um, me personally, I feel like the first two tracks on uh, the first album, which I believe is Mr. Murat, right? Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the first two tracks on like the entire album, right? Um, would be my favorite, which is United in Grief and N95, which N95 seems to be the one that everybody is liking right now. Uh, okay. N95 goes hard, incredibly hard. Um, but basically, I mean, United in Grief and N95 uh, personally stand out to me because, you know, like, there's just something so, like, melodic about United in Grief that really just, you know... Um, stands out to me a lot. Um, basically, like United in Grief deals with like how he he's like he has therapy and stuff like that. I'm I believe he's going to some dude named um I forgot his name. It's like Eric something. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, Eckhart Tolle, right? And that's his therapy therapist who shows up on the album. Actually, um, I believe uh I don't remember which which track, but uh, he does show up on the album to like you know, it's just there. But these two tracks stand out to me the most because it shows like his, I guess, the problems that he has with him with himself and how he like reflects on how like he has his flaws, and but he still tries to do his best, you know. So well, that's yeah. why I like the first two tracks. Yeah, like okay. there's just something about showing vulnerability that kind of you know not not it's not easy to do that and it's Mm -hmm. all the more admirable that you do do that uh a lot of people might say ah look at him he's being all uh he's like a pansy blah blah don't yeah it's like don't listen to that that is that is that is truly admirable that he did that on his album no less yeah and he really just I mean, if you if you look through his entire album, it's basically just him. You know, I believe there's like one track where basically he just takes like some of his most crucial therapy sessions and just puts them on a song, and that's it. And well, let me let me yeah. ask you let me ask you this, E. And and mm-hmm. I I wanted to touch upon it, and you've kind of you've kind of already gone into this, and you've listened to a lot of Kendrick Lamar tracks before. You know, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I'm more of uh a 70s kid so i grew up with the the origins of rap that's that's where you know i love africa bimbada ll cool j epmd krs1 which interestingly a, a lot of the vibe that kendrick has um kind of reminds me of krs1 and bdp because back then they were their brand was all about edutainment right mm-hmm. but it was they spoke about social issues, especially that group, right? Yeah. And I, I think Kendrick is doing that also on a lot of his albums. So at least that's my take on it. You know, this is the first album that I've listened all the way front to back, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that this one is probably out of the five albums that he's had his most personal album? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say that for sure. Because um, most of the other albums, he just... He, you know, he reflects on, like, the outside world himself. But, uh, I mean, we do get, like, personal stuff, obviously. But, like, this one seems to be the most personal because he really just 
he puts out every single part of himself himself in every single song like every single aspect of himself you can is shown on the song so Mm -hmm. this is probably his most personal and probably i would say one of his best actually so yeah um me personally and and Mm -hmm. and again i'm i'm kind of new to kendrick because i i'm not a fan of rap these days like i said i'm Mm -hmm. i'm an old head i'm an old school uh rap uh aficionado right that's that's good old school yeah i I love my i love my you know um eric b and rakim that that's that's those those are my guys from way back in the days right but you know out of the songs that I liked um, Die Hard and Rich Spirit in terms mm. of beats and stuff. I like that one. But I, I got to call attention to two tracks that I found very, very impactful and stuff. Um, the first one is We Cry Together. Yes. That and one. the other one is Auntie Diaries. And, Auntie and Diaries, these, are, these are very, very powerful. They're Especially with Auntie Diaries, it's kind of divisive also because – while anti diaries is is gaining praise for actually talking about um an issue that's very much under fire nowadays which is transgender right there's also a little bit of criticism uh, on the other side as well where it's like you know he's kind of co-opting these things and you know it, it it's he's using terms wrong and and whatnot but you know I find those two tracks fascinating because they hit on very, very difficult subjects. Um, we cry together. We cry and together. That's an interesting one, right? Yeah, that's and, definitely and, interesting. And and the thing about it, and this is this is kind of the things that you know <laughs> when I listen to Kendrick Lamar songs, you know, you have mm-hmm. to be very cognizant about it because. When you first hear "We Cry Together," the, what's it's, the biggest thing that you take away from him? It's the both him and the other singer Taylor Page, who's an actress, by the way, right? Hmm. Um, it just the takeaway is when they're they're cursing each other out. Yeah, f you, f you, f you, f you, f you. You hear that all the time, and you know you kind of get. I, I want to say numb to the song because of it right mm-hmm. because it's so prevalent that's basically the hook of the song right yeah just them cursing each other out <laughs> but if you really really listen to the lyrics and and again you know we're not black we're hispanic so you know mm-hmm. i'm not gonna speak you know i feel sometimes uncomfortable speaking for another minority you know we are minority we have our struggles and we have our own issues and stuff like that but every minority has their own struggles and issues that are different, right? Yeah. Um, but but it almost seems like Kendrick Lamar is speaking to the black community at large in that song mm-hmm. as to the different struggles that both a black man and a black woman have to deal with and how they interact and kind of bang against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's almost like, you know what? It's that song is almost like a message saying, hey guys, let's get let's get our act together. We shouldn't be fighting against each other. We should be united with yes. each other and working together as a community, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I took away from We Cry Together. And like I said, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not speaking on this because I know, because I'm not walking in those shoes, right? Mm-hmm. But 
that's what it feels like with Auntie Diaries. It, it's kind of a different thing. And again, he's taking on a very hot topic in America, at least nowadays, with transgender, where, you know, two important figures in his life, his uncle and his cousin, who are trans, you know, mm-hmm. and he speaks on that. And he speaks on how he first thought of, you know, the issue and then having it personalized to him with his relatives and how he's changed his kind of his thought on the whole subject, right? Mm-hmm. In, in a sense, right? Am I, am I, am I kind of right yeah. on that? Yeah. I, I can see that, yeah. Yeah. So I, I found... This is what I love about this this album is because it brings out these subjects that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. And look I at mean, what we're doing now. We're talking about it. And I think that's something that we need more. And I think that's part of the reason why he made this album because especially in America nowadays, everything mm-hmm. is so toxic. I know. And he, yeah. even, he even states it on some of his songs. I think I, uh, towards like the end of... Uh, if I believe it's N95, I'm not too sure about that. I need to double check. But he basically states like, oh, cancel. Like nobody likes cancel culture at all. Uh, well, yeah, but celebrities don't necessarily like cancel culture, obviously. But like basically he just wants to speak his mind and, you know, just he just says, you know, F everybody, F, every, F everybody else who like believes that maybe that people should be silenced just for speaking their opinion and that's basically what he does on this album and he's encouraging other other artists uh to do the same mm-hmm. i yeah. mean speaking to the whole we can't have a conversation in america you even you you even just look at we cry together too mm. what are they doing half the time because they're insulting each other of being uh what oh god how do you i'm blanking on the word Basically, they're being, you know, ah, damn word. They're basically accusing each other of infidelity. But instead of Mm -hmm. actually getting to the root of it and talking about it, they're just hurling these insults at each other and not actually talking about it. Mm -hmm. And so me personally, I kind of feel like that speaks to the current climate of talk in America too. Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to talk to each other about problems. Instead, we just t- uh, turn against each other. And that's basically, basically what, it, yeah. what he talks about this entire album. It's just, yeah, you just want to win the argument, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, going back to the video, um, you know, one of the things that is speaking about, you know, him and his, his role, right? It looks like he he feels like he has a responsibility of taking the role of being, you know, the guy to highlight these these problems and, and kind of you know speak on it and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he kind of going back to the 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 hard part five video, you know, one of, one of the messages was with Nipsey Hussle, right? Nipsey yeah. Hussle was was murdered, you know, and. Nipsey Hussle was doing all the right things, or at least he was trying to, you know, and Kendrick, you know, 
part of his his mental issues, right? That that he speaks on, you know, the the problems that he has is that he feels this huge responsibility to try and do that. And when he looks at Nipsey, he's like, "Well, you know what?" He almost feels relieved for him because now he doesn't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah. Which is which is a crazy statement to say, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. that's like that's like saying, you know what? Nipsey Hustle is better off now because now he doesn't have to deal with the crap of the world. You mm-hmm. know, that's not a, that's not only a reflection on Kendrick's mindset, but that's also damning to society in general, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like you're better off dead than having to deal with everyday life here. You know? Yeah. It's- and crazy and, and please please you know um suicide is never the answer you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying I, i'm yeah. just putting that out there right now it's never the answer not that kendrick was but you know he speaks about how you know sometimes he thinks about taking a bullet you know and stuff like that and these are very very powerful things you know mm-hmm. but he doesn't shy away from it you know as a matter of fact he embraces that and and that's what i really loved about this album is like you know I hope that people listen to the album and say, well, you know what? This is a dope beat. Oh, that's got a great hook. Oh, you know, this is this is banging. This is fire and all that other stuff. Yeah, and I really but... hope you take the time to listen to his lyrics because just like what we're doing right now, I think what Kendrick is trying to do with this album is really start conversations much like we're having right now, you know? Yeah. And getting people to the point where we can have a discourse that doesn't end up toxic, that doesn't end up like we cry together, right? Where all you're doing is just cursing each other out, you know? I I really hope that people, when they listen to this song, and this is going to be an amazing, this is going to be a bestseller, you know? This this is probably, you know, the, the, the album, for anybody who wants to know, definitely listen to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think deeper, Kendrick really wants people to talk. Mm. It's know? more than just, you know, toxicity and stuff like that. I mean, he mentions it all throughout his album. Like, for instance, I think it's, I forgot what the song is about, but it's like with his father and how, like, you know, toxic uh, toxic masculinity, like, plays into his character a lot. And how, like. That's Father Time. Yeah, Father Time, Father Time. And how that's like sort of, it's That's another one. It I guess you could say it like it pressures him or whatever. Toxic masculinity is like something that's also pretty um, a pretty bad sort of thing, I guess. Yeah, so he definitely talks about that a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we move, I, I just gotta you know. Friday, Friday the thirteenth was the the release of his um, his uh, his album, right? And sure enough, guess who was it's trending on Twitter cool. on Friday? Kendrick. Okay. Yeah. The internet blew up with the release of Kendrick's uh, Kendrick's <laughs> album release, right? Um, of course. I love this Twitter reaction here. Mm-hmm. And, and I want you guys to comment on this. Okay. Um, this this one is a Twitter a tweet from Cadence Weapon. It says Kendrick shows that if you speak to the times that you're in, it doesn't matter how often you release music. You don't have to chase trends to stay relevant. 
stay true to your own vision and don't be swayed by the outside world. Exactly. Um, there we you know, go. That's it right there. There's, there's like other reactions. Halo should take that advice. <laughs> God. Yeah, there's a three there's four other three reactions. There's other reactions here. Um storytelling remains immaculate. The introspection and vulnerability is profound. Some exactly. powerful moments that are rather timely. This album is phenomenal. Dot did the damn thing again. You know. Okay, dot. It's a it's a very, very personal album. Album feels like years of therapy sessions put on wax. Um, exactly. You know, mm -hmm. Kendrick addressing the mental health issues that plagued the black community during mental health awareness. Month yeah, was that's major. what I was going to say. I didn't even realize that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, a few themes I caught were anxiety, sexual abuse, silence culture, domestic violence, survivor's guilt, among other traumas. You know, um, so... It's been basically nothing but positive here, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, good for Kendrick. I mean, you know, the, like yeah. I said, I, it's it's a, a very, very awesome thing. Um, and so, you know, that's where we are. I mean, I think we all agree that the the album is great, right? Album was yeah. incredible. Album was incredible, to say the least. All so, right. Yeah. Um, the last thing we're going to talk about. And this should be pretty quick, but hours after the album release. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, he announced his uh, tour. Um, yes, there's that. Yeah. Tickets. Starting starting yeah. in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, of course. <laughs> July 19th, right? Yep. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be across North America, Europe, and Australia before wrapping up in New Zealand in December. Mm -hmm. So it's a five month tour. Um, Real quick, what's the whole thing with Oklahoma? Uh, well, like basically, he has this moniker, right? Uh, uh -huh. I guess you could say like this dual. I don't know what to call it. Like you know the where you have like rappers sometimes do something like with personalities, different personalities. He, I don't know about that, but I well, okay, like I get it. I get it. Huh? Yeah, they're like <laughs> artists in general. Artists in general sometimes do that, like Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> well, like Tupac. Tupac had a Tupac was Tupac, and then he was um, Mac oh, Machiavelli. Oh yeah, Machiavelli. Right? Machiavelli. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, the whole thing with his uh, second moniker, which is Oklahoma, uh, which is I believe it's it's it represents something like I am all of us, which he states before in. The hard part five right and mm -hmm. that's basically his moniker uh we are all of us i am all of us i could be wrong but yeah that's his moniker basically just saying like you know i'm trying to represent uh i guess everybody you know and everything going on you know so that's i think that's what that is but i don't know i could be wrong okay oh there you go yep. um so, go, going back to the the tour, the Big Steppers tour Big is what it's steppers. called, you know. Um, and the, the tagline is "Come help, Mr. Morale, get out of the box." Hey, wow. he is stuck uh, in that box. <laughs> baby Keem is gonna be. Uh, yes, sir, he's gonna be there. That's uh, Lamar's nephew, by the way. Yeah, 
Baby Keem. Um, so he's gonna be he's gonna be a part of every single every single stop. So he'll be on there. Let's go. Um, Tana Leone is going to be there on select dates. And the whole thing is sponsored by Amazon Music and the Cash App. And so um, for people who have the Cash App, you can start. The first tickets are going to be on sale to Cash App customers starting Thursday, May 19th at 10 a.m. Mm. So you can unlock the the special pre-sale. So anybody who has Cash App, um, you'll be the first in line for tickets. Yes. So, um, and there it is. I mean, you know, he's going to be touring. Now, it doesn't really say if he's touring with anybody else, but I would imagine you'll you'll see other. Yeah, you'll probably see other artists there. Kodak, Um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, baby, baby Keem and and baby Keem. Tana Leone are like front and center of the the announcement and stuff. But maybe he's gonna add some acts along the way. So got to do family you know. ties. They have to do. Yeah. That. So, so fire. keep your eye on it. Um, we're actually gonna try and go, right? Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah, we are. Or maybe we'll yeah. stay. <gasps> <laughs> no, no, I mean, we're actually going to try and go to the tour when it comes to the Barclays Center. Oh, That's what I meant. really? Oh, yes. I thought, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So we were, what do you, you think you were, we were no, cutting I was off? Talking, yeah, I thought you were talking about the podcast itself. <laughs> I didn't know well, what you were yeah, talking about. The- <laughs> we're going to go yeah, also, yeah, but like I said, we, we are going to try and get tickets to see um to see if we can go. And I think, um, oh. Eli, some of your friends are going to be coming along also, right? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, one of my friends, uh, Chester. He said he wants to go, and I'm trying. I'm gonna try and see if I could get any other friends to go with. So yeah. All right. So see. we gotta know before the 19th because yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure when those things open up, it's gonna be hard to get in. Oh. So no, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be tough. That's for so. sure. All right, and on that note, AJ. Yes. Now it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My bad, guys. So um. I want to thank everybody for listening in on the podcast. If you're using your podcast apps, thank you for, uh, you know, please remember to rate, view, review, and subscribe. Rate. Yeah, rate, review, review, and subscribe. Subscribe. And for all of our watchers, for all of our, you know, fans who are watching this on YouTube, I got to say thank you for watching. It's yes. It's been awesome that you guys have been really positive on our YouTube channel. Um, and please, again, with YouTube, please subscribe, like, and press that little bell button because that little bell button is the notification button and it'll let you know whenever we have new videos yes. coming out. Press the bell button. So, yes. like, for example, today, and again, we're, we're recording on Saturday, today we have part two of Informal Gaming that just came out. <gasps> On YouTube. Wait, really? Wait, which yep. one? Uh, that is the one where you are. Who are you? What are you doing in informal gaming too, AJ? An informal gaming. Is two. that the one where you're fighting Margaret? That Margit, might be Margaret. Let me. Margaret the Bargain. Yeah, you, you didn't put that in the title. 
but I'll I'll let it go this I, time. I put it in the descriptions. It's there, so you know. Yeah, episode um, two think, yeah, is fighting an event. Well, getting up to and eventually fighting Margit the Fell Omen, or as I like to call him, Margit the Bargit. Margit, that's a new game plus, right? No, 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 no. It's completely new character. Oh, you're doing a confessor. Yeah, I, that's what I said. That's that's what you were talking about. Oh, I thought you were okay. Okay, I thought you were talking about something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yo, you're starting over. That's cool. But you can already start a new game plus game, right? Because you beat yeah, the game. Yeah, I, right? I, I didn't think to. Well, I also wanted to just because my friends like to see me struggle, and I w- <laughs> so far I have not been struggling in new game, with the pure exception. Of that a hole, Melania, the goddess of rot. In in Elden, you will find a way to struggle eventually because that's what Elden Ring is built for. Yeah, you know, just to make you suffer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, guys. Like I said, definitely check out the uh, the YouTube channel. We have both a section for podcasts and for gaming. And um, so, on that note. Uh, we're going to sign off here. I am Walt. This is Praetor Rikard. Remember, thank oh you, Zencaster. <laughs> this is E-Dot. E-Dot, yes. Like as in K-Dot, because I did <laughs> yes. like, the combining thing. Yeah. I got you. E-Dot. I got you. And go check out Kendrick's album first off um, and second off. Uh... <laughs> I didn't get a chance to think about it. I I didn't get a chance to think about what did we talk about? CW, Xbox, okay. Um, May our swords cross again. Energy swords. Energy swords. May our energy swords cross again. I'll take it. May our Xbox streaming sticks cross cross again. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) All right, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, may our energy swords cross again. Later, people. Later.